the only podcast where I help you and you help me as we get our financial, career, and relationship shit together. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that I will be at Ironmonger Brewing in Marietta, Georgia this Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll be discussing getting out of debt and we'll be drinking beers. If you aren't sure how financial literacy, humor, and beer go together, then let me show you and come up to Ironmonger on Thursday evening. Tickets are $10 at the door, and I hope to see you there. It's going to be a ton of fun. I have been blessed with incredible guests lately. We've had Olympic gold medalist Samantha Livingstone, and last week I had on Amanda Brinkman, who is the Chief Brand and Communications Officer for Deluxe Corporation, and she's also the executive producer and co-host for Hulu's small business revolution, Main Street. Uh, Then I noticed it's been a minute since I've had a male guest on, but I didn't want to just have any dude come on the show. They got to be special. So we brought on somebody special. If you are a fan of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, the whole thing, then you probably know the name Markel Martin. Markel was known as the cookie guy from Andy Dorfman's season of The Bachelorette. He was cast on the first season of Bachelor in Paradise as well, and many people thought Markel was going to be the first African-American Bachelor. But Markel returned to his life, and he has quite a story to tell since leaving reality TV. So full disclosure, I actually know Markel because we were in the same small graduate program at UNLV. There were literally like 15 to 20 of us in this program, so I saw Markel pretty much every day for two years. And what struck me about him was how genuinely kind he is and how he exudes such a positive energy all of the time. It's truly contagious, and he is honestly one of the nicest people I have ever met. What I didn't realize was that Markel, over the past couple of years, has overcome a lot of adversity, and that our conversation about what it's like being on reality TV would turn into a a deep discussion on faith, spirituality, and learning some very important life lessons. In fact, this episode is edited down for time, and Markel and I both agreed that we have a lot more to discuss. So, good news, he will be joining us again on the podcast in the future, and we're going to continue having this talk uh, about the important things in life. But in this next hour, you will get some serious Bachelor Nation inside information You're going to learn what Markel is up to now, and you'll also get a lot of insight on the power of attraction in the universe and what Markel has called speaking things into existence. I am so excited to welcome this Bachelorette favorite. He's an entrepreneur. He's a marketing agent at the biggest agency in the whole world, and he's an all-around really good guy. So please enjoy this interview with Markel Martin. All right, you guys, I so I had told my listeners a while back that I was like, I, I have convinced 
Markel Martin to come on the podcast. And my so I have a, a couple of cousins who are huge Bachelor and Bachelorette fans, and they were they were like, first of all, how do you know Markel? <laughs> and then they were like, they were like, they had a million questions that they wanted me to ask you. I'll see if I can get a couple in, but. Basically, I've already told everybody, I, I know you from graduate school. We went to graduate school together at UNLV, and we were in this small program together. So we kind of got to know each other, and then we both kind of went our separate ways. And, and, and then all of a sudden, a few years ago, I turned on the TV, and there you were. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Markel, he's like doing the damn thing. And so at, you're done the whole bachelor the bachelorette bachelor in paradise thing now and now you've got a really cool job so first of all thank you for coming on and yeah and can you tell my listeners about what you're up to now the famous markel martin (laughs) absolutely absolutely well well, first thank you and and i guess i should thank your cousins as well for you (laughs) kind of putting a bug in your ear to have me on on your podcast um it's it's been so long since i've i've seen you and but of course, now with the age of social media, like you kind of just follow and keep in touch that way, which is definitely, definitely like impersonal. But at the same time, it's, it's good to see that you're doing well. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of jump into it. Yeah. So, so where I'm at now, I'm currently located in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I've been here a little over a year now. So, you know, when we met in, in grad school, I stayed out there, uh, for a, another four or five years. So I spent, a total of 12 years in Las Vegas. I'm originally from Southern California. So uh, I, I worked at the UFC, did did the show, um, had, had heart surgery, which we can kind of talk about a little later. And then I ended up um, getting a job offer in Los Angeles. So uh, that's where I'm at now. I work for a sports and entertainment agency called CAA. Creative not, not just any sports and entertainment <laughs> agency. You work for the sports and entertainment agency. Well, well, funny, funny story. Like when I had my interview, I swear to you, I had no idea what CAA was. Um, you know, because I'm I'm one of those people. Like when I go into an interview, I don't like to Google them or Google the the company so much. Like I'll do some baseline. So I just said, oh, okay, they they represent actors or something like that. Uh, but that's as far as a deep dive that I went into because I never want to have these preconceived notions of who the people are or, or what it is. Um, so I just kind of go in blind, really. So when I walk into this building for my interview, it's like this massive, like super beautiful, all this art and marble floors and, and you know, everyone wearing three-piece suits. And I'm just like, oh, I remember taking a picture of this art piece on the ceiling. And I sent it to, to my mom and I'm just like, mom, this place is big time. <laughs> And that's when I thought I was absolutely not going to get this job, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I went up. I, I went up, and um, so a little bit of context as to how I ended up interviewing for CAA. Uh, while I was after grad school, I got a job with the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, and I did sponsorship sales there. Um, and I feel like I was there in the time of you know, where UFC was really coming into mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronda Rousey came came into the fold, uh, the rise of Conor McGregor, you know, Anderson Silva broke his leg. 
so all throughout that time, I was very fortunate to, you know, reap the success of that. So I don't give myself too, too much credit. Like, yeah, I, I worked hard and everything like that, but it was definitely just uh, great timing, uh, right time, right place. Right. And uh, so that's where my career starts to take off. However, you know, four and a half years later, um, we get rumors that we're going to get bought out uh, by actually CA's competitor, WME, William Moore. Morris uh, Endeavor, uh, and they bought UFC for $4.2 billion. And chump change. <laughs> you're good at, you know, you're an expert in financial literacy, and I'm not, but I knew that $4.2 billion <laughs> is a lot of money. And I know with acquisitions comes layoffs. And unfortunately, I was one of, you know, probably, you know, approximately around 100 people to get laid off. And it wasn't you know, no fault to our own, but it was just redundancies of, you know, the company like, hey, they had the position that I was currently doing. So they said, hey, we can't have two of you. So you got to go. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was a crazy time, actually, an unfortunate timing, wrong time, wrong, you know, wrong place, uh, because six months prior to that, I had found out that I had genetic heart disease. Oh. And that's a, a, a crazy story. Um, but again, we can touch upon that later. I'm trying to get back to, you know, where I am now. Uh, so I ended up getting laid off. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to move back home to California, just be closer with my parents, knowing that I was going to have this heart surgery that kind of, you know, I play sports all my life. So, you know, I'm, I'm 28 years old and I'm told that I have to get a defibrillator. That's kind of, um, you know, demasculating, <laughs> you know, uh, so I was, I was kind of nervous and I, I had a, a couple of job offers in, in Denver and some other opportunities, but I just wanted to go back to California. And luckily I got a random phone call from uh, CAA and they said, Hey, we, we heard a lot about you. And, um, you know, we're, we have a small, uh, division that's specifically to MMA uh, would you like to come in and interview because we want to grow uh, the division? So that's 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 how I ended up saying, you know, hey, I'll, I'll come out there. I drove uh, from Vegas to L.A. Got I was like five minutes late um, to my interview because the L.A. traffic, I didn't really factor all of that in. I thought I was going <laughs> to be like two hours early. Um, did the interview. They offered me the job two like a week later. And then I packed up my car. And there you have it. That, that's incredible. And, yeah. I, and just, uh, I kind of got like, I don't know, I got like kind of like goosebumps there for a minute because it just feels like you said it was a random phone call, but it almost, I'm a big believer in like what you put out into the world, you are going to get back. And like, I, it's God or whatever you believe or a higher being like it, that's the way it was supposed to work out. You know what I mean? And, and it just, yeah, I just believe that, uh, you, you know, you put all that stuff out into the world. And so, um, you know, that came came back to you and even and it was what you needed through that hard time. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but like that, you know, just resonated with me so well because you said, you you know, I kind of like put that out there and I'm a firm, firm believer in that as, as well. And, you know, um, I'm not sure how many people know this, but I, I try to represent this or as, as much as I can, although I'm imperfect, but I'm a big person of, of my faith. You know, uh, I've, I've grown up that way 
and I definitely, you know, I identify with, with being a, a Christian. I'm more spiritual uh, than everything. And, and um, that's how I've always been throughout my life. And with that, uh, in that trial of me finding out I had heart disease, right? And, and the doctor telling me, hey, you could have, throughout these years, you could have just dropped dead on the football field while playing. You know, it was very, like, humbling, and um, it just made everything kind of make sense because I had a lot of injuries uh, in college. And I used to wonder, like, God, like, why is this happening to me? You know, what's going on? And in hindsight, I'm like, I'm glad I did have those injuries, you know, because if I had kept playing, who would have known what would happen to me? Um, and Throughout the process of uh, getting all the testing for my heart, I went out to Cleveland Clinic to get a second opinion, you know, because I just didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't have any real symptoms. Like I was in, you know, you know, pretty good shape. And uh, I started to fall into depression. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through that that time, you know, obviously I'm, I'm thinking about, OK, I'm probably going to get laid off when we get sold. Then I have to have heart surgery. I'm going to have no job, no money. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with my health. I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, so I, I remember one day uh, the doctor was saying, hey, stop working out. Like, stop mm -hmm. working out completely. And working out was a big part of my life. You know, and anyone who, who likes to work out or has been an athlete throughout their life, like that's that's pretty that's crazy. You, you know, you're, you're not you're losing a lot of of yourself, you mm -hmm. know, in that whether people like it just for the physical fitness or the, the mindset of it. Um, but he said I can walk. So I remember going um, on these walks every morning and I would just pray and just trying to find like what am I supposed to do next trying to find answers and then I started reading a lot and and watching all these YouTube videos um and the reason I did that was because I was falling into this place of depression and, and like darkness if you will I'm like this is not me you know and, and you know me Katie like I, at least I, I try to be nice to everyone and respectful mm -hmm. to everyone I, I like to have a smile on my face and you know, again, there's always going to be good and bad days, but I was having a lot more bad days than good. So to get myself out of that, I would go on these walks, put in my headphones and start listening to uh, sermons of, of T.D. Jakes or Joel Osteen or um, uh, and Joyce Myers or I would listen to audio books. Um, uh, you know, uh, I watched a lot of Les Brown motivational videos like Les Brown you know, really helped me out. Um, and throughout all the reading, I, I just found out that my mindset, if you, if you believe it and you keep having faith and you start speaking things into existence, good things will happen. So I would go on these walks and just say, somehow, some way, like, I'm going to find a job. Somehow, some way, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a phone call. And I was, I was literally just, I, I had to move out because I, I had had to move out of my apartment and go live with my girlfriend. And just because I ran out of money from expenses, I had no job. You know, I just had, had surgery and I was healing up. 
And uh, obviously that's a shot to your ego as well as a, as a man for sure. And <laughs> I was getting ready to go on another walk and then I get a, this random phone call from uh, my old coworker at UFC and said, hey, you know, I got a call from this agency. They're looking for someone. Can I give them your information? And I said, sure. And I just had a, had a conversation and, you know, that's that was it. But where I was going with it is just that, you know, everything does happen for a reason. I wanted to pursue even before I got the call to work at CAA, I had planned on going to L.A. because I wanted to become a like get into the entertainment space. Mm -hmm. That was always one of my dreams. And. I don't know why, honestly, like I don't, you know, I, I didn't feel like um, I had any clear direction. However, I would always have people throughout my life, whether I was a kid or working at Nordstrom, uh, you know, that would come up to me and say, hey, you know, you should you should get into entertainment. You know, I can see you doing this. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, me trying to be modest and, and humble like my mom raised me. I was like, ah, oh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to you know, stick it out here and, and uh, stay safe in, in this job here. I, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking to get into sports, right? That's what I know. Um, and another side story is, and I know I'm jumping all over the place. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. Is, uh, is while I was in grad school with you, Katie, I, I worked at Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. And again, these people would come up to me. I had someone come up to me. It was just like, hey, like, have you heard of this 3 a.m. prayer? I'm like, what? And he's like, he's like, you have like good energy about you. And, and again, like you always, I, I'm very skeptical to begin with. So I'm like, this dude is crazy or something. Like we're in Vegas, maybe he's drunk. He was, <laughs> he was like, no, you're going to, you're going to end up doing something. But you know, what has helped me is you do this 3 a.m. prayer. So he said, go, go home tonight. Write down your 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 vision, your your goals, your aspirations. Um, you know, really sit, visualize it. You know, and pray on it. And and then you take that piece of paper, put it away, and don't look at it until it happens. But you'll know that it's there. I still have that thing in in uh, this little box of of mine. But um, he had really given me like this sense of like there's there's a bigger purpose you know for for why I'm here and I always like needed to to hear that and you know while I was on at, and then when I graduated I got with UFC um so I I still had this guy on my mind like hey there's always something bigger there's always something kind of in the background working on your behalf you know and I remember this feeling of People telling me I, I need to get into entertainment. Well, I got a random call from The Bachelorette. That is you know? wild. So I swear, like I, I was in my office. I got a call and they said, hey, this is uh, NZK Productions. And, you know, we got your application and, you know, we're, we're um, filming The Bachelorette. We're wondering if you're interested or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, like you know, thanks. Like I'm thinking it's a, a joke, you know, and I, and I remember like, uh, just getting off the phone with them, like just playing it off. And my office mate was like, her, her name is Morgan. She's like, who was that? And I'm like, I think that was the bachelorette, but I think it's, 
show. Like, I didn't sign up for this show. And she was like, what? You have to call them back or whatever. They ended up like writing me back or sending me some information. I'm like, you really think I should do it? And they said, hey, we're going to be in Vegas. We're going to be in Vegas, um, you know, next week. Like it wasn't like a, a big casting call, I don't think. I <laughs> So because of my coworker, I said, okay, sure. I'll meet you guys. When you guys get out here, where should I go? They're like, oh, come to this hotel and we'll buzz you up to, to the room. And then we'll just interview right there. So I go to this hotel and it's super sketchy. I was like, <laughs> like what's happening? You know, like this is this is a joke. And I still don't know who like submitted me or, or, or whatever. Really? Go, yeah. You have no idea who submitted you to the Bachelorette? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up finding out after this interview. But I, I go to this interview and it's it's two ladies in in, in the room. And they're like, and I have like a, a sweater on and a white t-shirt. They're like, hey, can you take your, can you take your sweater off and take a picture against like the white wall? And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, this is super weird. Like, <laughs> no, what's going on? So I'm like, sure, I'm rolling with it. And they did have like a little tripod camera off to the side. So I, I sit down on the couch and they're like, okay, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, so I go through the whole nine. They ask me about my past relationships. You know, and and um, because I, I dated someone for a long time in college, I don't know. Actually, she was not. Okay. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, you know how how was was that experience? And you know, um, so I, I I just tell my story of of dating and how it, it can be difficult at times to date in Las Vegas. And so after about 45 minutes. They say, oh, okay, well, we'll be in touch. We're going to send this back to our producers. And I ask them before I leave, I'm like, put on my sweater. I'm like, hey, so, okay, I know of your guys' show from, from my ex-girlfriend, of course, but I've never, like, seen it. I don't know how this works, but I also know that you guys don't have too many black people on the show. <laughs> you guys are, are a national show, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, the odds of me getting selected are highly slim. <laughs> right yeah you know what i mean like and they're like oh well we have a good feeling that you, you got a good chance i'm like all right whatever <laughs> you know and this is at the time where it was maybe one black person on on the show at a time like if you've seen the bachelorette there ain't it's not a, a high percentage of african-americans or minorities for that for that yeah matter. it's so, it's a lot of um uh blonde women and brunette men and that's it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I go back to work at UFC. Um, you know, I then find out that it was my best friend um, in in Denver, Colorado. She had submitted pictures. She stole pictures from my Facebook, wrote up a little bio, sent it in. Oh my god! I, yeah, and then I guess they didn't even make me do like a home video. I, I, I think people have to submit home videos like, Hey, I want to be on the bachelorette or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, they didn't have me, have me do any of that. So again, I thought I was not going to get picked, but it was a cool like experience. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm still working at UFC and I get a call back and they said, Hey, we would love for you to come out to LA to interview, um, you know, to do like final interviews. And I'm like, okay. Uh, let me go out there. So they flew me out to LA. 
It's super weird. They like sequester you in this hotel. You don't see anyone. Um, they have like runner producers like knock on the door and say, "Hey, you want to you want to go work out for the next hour?" <laughs> you know. And then I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to work out." And then they'll get on the radio and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm bringing Markel down to the weight room." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like asking the guy like, "What is happening? Like, what is going on?" He's like, "Oh, well, other people that are trying out for the show, we don't want you guys to like." you know, intersect and, and see one another. So I'm like prison, like, you know, they, and, and they make you, uh, uh, they, they then when they pick you up from the gym and say, Hey, your gym time's over, go back to your room. Uh, they give you this packet and you take the, the Myers Briggs. Is, is that what it is? Yeah. the Yeah. I think a Briggs Myers, Myers Briggs, <laughs> either or. <laughs> The psych test, right? It's like yeah. eight questions. So I'm stuck in my room. I'm doing that. There's like questionnaires again about the the ex, the relationship. They basically what I gather is like they're trying to make sure you're not crazy. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and, and like obsessive. So um, thankfully, I, I probably barely passed that. Right. <laughs> and uh, so they send me back. They send. I, so oh, sorry. I go through the interview after I take the test. They take you in a room and there's like all these producers and you're just sitting in a, in, in a chair. It's like 30 of them. And I remember one of them was like, nice pants. And I had like, like some salmon colored pants on or something like that. So, uh, that kind of broke the eyes. So they were talking about the fashion. And again, they, um, they, one of the guys was like, Hey, turn around, like, look. And there's, there's me on, on camera. And they're like, we've been watching you like this whole time and, and seeing how you interact. Or I'm like, okay, that's that's super uh, intrusive, but oh whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> and then they're like, hey, we really like you. You're, you're, you're awesome. Uh, we'll be in touch if you get selected because there's like two weekends of I guess they narrow it down from the whole entire country to like maybe a hundred people, and then from that hundred they narrow it down and, and they pick. Yeah. So every makes it to LA is probably, you know, they're interviewing that 100 people. So I go back to Vegas and I get a call and they said, Hey, we want you to be on the show. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I don't know. It's this uh, casting director who's a super nice lady. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know if I, if I can do this. Like I went through the process assuming I would not get picked. I'm like, you guys don't, <laughs> aren't going to pick too many black dudes. You know, like I, I just was kind of shocked. So I'm like, I haven't even talked to my boss or anything about this. I was just going along for the ride, right, for the experience. So I'm like, let me call you back. Let me see what, what's going on. So every morning at UFC, I would go work out. We had a gym underground uh, at the office. And Dana White, the president of UFC, would be working out there. So I'd always see him, and I'd develop a good relationship with him. Like, you know, hi, bye, what's up, all that good stuff. And I went to him one morning, and I'm like, hey, Dana, like, I, I wanted to come to you first because I got this call from the Bachelorette. And I know it's kind of crazy, but they want me to go on this reality show, and I'm not sure if I want to do it because I'm not trying to lose my job. You know, I, I like my job here. I'm like, what do you think I should do? And he was like, what? And he started like started laughing. He was like, oh, he's gonna be Markel's gonna be on the Bachelorette. And he was like, man, go <laughs> have fun, live your life. Your job will be here when you get back. Wow. So Thank you. So again, another so another story on this, right? It's funny how, how the universe just like works. 
is the next thing I called back and said, hey, I'm good. My boss said I can go. You know, what happens now? And they're like, well, you need to pack for eight weeks. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy <I> shit. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking they're going to film in two weeks and be done. And then on top of that, they said, hey, pack for at least bring, uh, you know, suits. And I've always loved fashion. I've always been like, you know, fairly fashionable, but I've never owned a suit, Katie, at, at, at that time. And uh, I'm like, hey, I don't own, I don't own a suit. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? She's like, can you go like buy some? Like J.C. Penney has some for two hundred dollars. And no disrespect to J.C. Penney or, or anyone who buys, <laughs> but me, like, I'm like, I'm not buying no suit from J.C. Penney. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't like my first suit. I want it to be a nice suit. You know, I've yeah. that has been my fashion dream. Like, when I have a suit, it's gonna be a nice custom suit again plug into you speak it in into the universe speak it into existence i go and she's like okay well well maybe we can figure something out i'm like hey at the worst case like i have sport coats like i'll make it look presentable you know i won't like look like a slob on your show um so i get off the phone with her i go to lunch that day and i get a call from dana and uh i'm like i thought i was in trouble like i i thought Maybe my 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 direct boss was like, no, this is not happening, and he's he was gonna shut it down. So I'm like, hey hey Dana, like all nervous, you know, and uh, he's like, hey Mike, my, my boss, my direct boss, told me that you don't own any suits. I'm like, no, it's it's all right. They're they're trying to figure something out. And worst case, like I just won't go on the show. Like it, it's all good. He's like, no man, like I'm flying David August out tomorrow. Um, set it up with my assistant. I'm getting you two custom made suits. What? Where? Like, so I, so I got like chills. Like, I almost like, like started crying right there at the, at the lunch place. Cause I'm like, Dana, like, you don't have to do that. He's like, no, man, like, it's, it's done. Oh like, my God. Like, she'll set you up. So that's like, shout out to Dana White. I will never say a bad word about that dude. People rag on him all the time, but he is one of the most generous human beings, like, I've met. And I'm not saying that just because he did that for me, but working for him for the, the time that I did, I've seen him do stuff like that for people all the time. And he's always very, like, you know, accepting and welcoming of, of everyone, you know. And I was, like, low on the totem pole at, at that time. Like, I wasn't, like... A freaking executive at UFC, right? So I go in, I get custom made suits. I won't share like the price of these suits, but they're like legit. Look up, <laughs> look up David August. Shout out to David August as, as, as well. I'm like plugging him, right? <laughs> but, uh, but no, like it was just an incredible experience that I that I like to share. Um, so I end up going on the show, and I guess I'll get into the show portion of it for your cousins right yeah yeah they're they're anxiously awaiting this all the details <laughs> all the details and probably i'll get a call from bachelorette or, or one of the producers like hating me once again don't but, worry only like only like 15 people listen to this so <laughs> those 15 i hope will spread the word and you know <laughs> uh, so i go on I, I i go on the show and it's the first uh like episode and they sequester you again 
where they prep you, like all the producers come in and they say, hey, what do you want to do when you get on the show? Like there's this pivotal moment in the show where you get out of a limo and people, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat or they do some fancy tricks. Like what are, do you have a, a skill? I'm like, not really, man. <laughs> like, you know, I don't play any instruments. I'm just uh, like an athlete or, or whatever. Um, you know, so, and, and they, again, like, having like a stick is not my my thing like i'd rather just go up to her like a normal human being and introduce myself say hello compliment her and and get on about my my day and they're like okay well um you got to think about something you know because you want to get time with her well i'm like well two things that i i know you know or or that i would feel comfortable in doing is okay one is i work for ufc so maybe i can teach her some like self-defense techniques right you know number two is i love cookies you know yes. I, I said and they're like cookies i'm like yeah like i absolutely love cookies and like for me if i were to be in a nervous situation right like most guys like don't approach women like you know especially like on national television like you want to be comfortable so i said cookies would make me comfortable like that's an iceberg like I can talk about cookies all day long so I'm saying how about um and they're like oh we we kind of like that you know so I'm like okay well this is what I like to do can you got is there going to be uh an oven that's fun that's functional in in the mansion right <laughs> and uh they're like yeah I'm like okay well while she's talking to all the other guys allow me to bake some cookies I just need the ingredients get me like a KitchenAid or whatever, and I'll bake her cookies, and then the aroma of the cookies will be in in the place, and that that's how I'll kind of break the ice and bring her a, a fresh batch of cookies. It's genius. <laughs> <laughs> like one, I'm like at the end of the day, like whether she likes me or not, like I'm gonna enjoy some cookies. Like it's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, we love that idea. However, you know, we can't allow you to burn the house down like we don't know like we trust that you're good at baking cookies but you know for liability's sake we can't do it so i'm like okay there then can you have someone bring cookies and bring like an assortment of cookies on a platter give me two glasses of milk and i'll do a, a, a cookie tasting with her so fast forward again you know that was all that conversation all happened at the hotel fast forward to the very first night i get out of the limo I just do like, just, I don't do, you know, a dog and pony show. I just introduce myself. I go into the house um, and I'm like waiting around. I'm sure if, if there's a Bachelorette fan on their, your podcast, they have read all the rumors and all the stories of like how long that night is, that first night. Doesn't it, it was, go until the, the sun comes up the next day? Is that true? Oh, so, oh, I, I have to share this story too. This is a good insider. So reverse, uh, rewind a little bit to the limo. Yeah. Before you get into the limo, you know, um, there's like four other guys or three other guys in that same limo with you. Like you go in like droves of, of limos, right? And before I got into the limo, the casting lady who was super nice to me all the time was like, hey, whatever you do, like don't drink. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I'm, I'm a casual drinker or, or whatever. But she was like, don't drink. I'm like, why is that? 
They're like, well, it's a long night and and you'll understand why. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we're in the limo and they're like, and there's a producer, a cameraman and like four other guys, I think it is. And there was one guy sitting next to me that was like, I thought he was an actor, Katie. Like he was so like belligerent. He was like, ooh, like party, like let's go, like cheers boys like you know and i i'm like in my mind again this is all new to me i'm like okay this is hollywood this typical hollywood they paid this dude to be up in the limo to get us to like you know get our get amped up and start drinking with him i'm like no shot like she already told me not to drink so we have our uh, champagne glasses i think it was and i'm like doing the old like put it to my lips didn't even sip anything each time and they keep doing it and the producers are like, hey, like, cheers to this. You know, so we must have, you know, cheered like 10 different times before even getting to the mansion. So people are like going through drinks before that happens. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm glad I didn't drink. So again, I meet her. I get out of the limo, say hi. I go into the to the mansion and there's all these lights, cameras and producers and, and other cast members. And it's, it's pretty like intimidating. It's, it's pretty weird, you know? Yeah. My, my first time on set, I remember going up to the, the restroom and I looked myself in the mirror like, this is just not me. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm getting ready to leave. Like, I, I, I just didn't because I'm an extrovert, but I'm more introverted, if, if that makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I can only be out around a lot of people for a certain amount of time. And then it's so draining that I have to go back home and like be in my shell and just be alone. Um, so I'm, I'm on the show. It's like 2 a.m. Nothing's happened. I haven't met her. I see all these guys like, you know, good, bad and indifferent, like, you know, going up to her. And I'm just like chilling, like eating, eat, eat, eating cookies, actually. Uh, you know, and, and I I had um, a Red Bull and cranberry. So people thought I was drinking. Um, so I was drinking that. And I, I remember seeing a guy go up to Andy, who who's the, the lead girl and I was like yeah they like stopped me from going to Andy like they didn't let me talk to her and I'm like what and they're like yeah they said like she was talking to someone else or she was busy so they just like completely like cock blocked this dude so <laughs> I, I see that and I go to the producer I'm like yo like if you guys plan on doing this shit to me like you guys can tell me right now like I'll just go home I'll, I'll save you guys the effort and they're like no 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 like you're good like your time is almost up. Like we're waiting on your platter to get here. So once the platter got here, they they set it up and it was like, okay, they pretty much like part the Red Sea and make sure no one else goes to her and they allow me for my time. So that's when I went up to her. I'm like, hey, I'm Markel, a little bit about myself, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I, I love cookies and I, I hope you love cookies. And here, so I have a cookie tasting. So that's how that whole thing worked. And I know I kind of became like known as the cookie guy in the bachelorette, <laughs> but I said that long ass story because it, it really was more selfishly for me to just like be comfortable and have some cookies because I didn't know if I'd like this girl anyway, you know? And so, um, uh, so that was that. Um, and, and it turns out a lot, a lot more people share the same enthusiasm and love and passion for cookies as I did. That's so it that's incredible. Like pretty much all of my friends, they wanted me to ask you, like, how much alcohol is actually involved in this show? <laughs> so, in terms of 
alcohol to food ratio, it's like four to one. (laughs) (laughs) They make sure that you have like a little snacks here just to make sure that, again, like there could be lawsuits on them too, right? So you have to make sure they have some substance in you, but better believe like they have just bartenders running through that place like, hey, can I refill your drink? And the and the night is so long, that's why like people end up doing like dumb shit on there because they've you know, I mean they've had ten drinks by the time the night's at least. Oh, that is that is wild. That is absolutely wild. Oh my god. That is such a good story. But I I love that we have really taken all this and, and for me it's it's talking about uh kind of again the whole spirituality part of it the whatever you put out into the world is going to come back to you and I think that um, all of your stories have that same theme of you uh, you know how you, you did have adversity and you did have to overcome these challenges but the way you reacted to them and I and I think this is like a huge part of like my my personal mantra is bad stuff is going to happen to us. It's going to happen to all of us. And we're going to all have like these crazy things happen and like health issues and uh, terrible things go on. But it is all about how you react to it. You can choose how you react to it. And I think you're such a great example of that, of, of you could, you, you could have stayed in that dark place. You really could have, but you chose to, you you knew that life was more than that and that you had purpose. And, and so you chose to react in a positive way and like, look at all the cool stories you have now because you did that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, I could have easily stayed in that dark place, but that's why I, I kind of like have uh, just a natural, like love and appreciation for other people because in those times you can kind of look into others to seek something that may be better than yourself or inspiring to you or or motivating to you and like after a while you're kind of convinced yourself well like if they can do it I can do it or and I know that sounds cliche but it's it's true I I looked outwardly because I felt so bad on the inside I, I looked to my bible i look to you know motivational videos i look to just just reading a, a book and no matter what i'm big on i'm so like analytical um i look at like just like case studies so i'm like okay what does it say in the bible here you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you know um you know life and death is in the tongue right what, what does it say in by personal account in terms of a motivational video like Les Brown will will give you examples and verbal account of their own personal stories and even what is scientifically you know what what does it say you you can you can see that there's research you know I I think there's like this study of you know uh, scientists putting two glasses of water into the freezer and they're they're speaking positive to one and they're speaking negative to the other and then these molecules one looks like a crystal and one looks all distorted you know, like all that stuff like fascinates me. Right. And it's just like, you know, all, all of those things are, are definitely a credit. Like I have this theme of in my life to where somehow, some way it all ended up working out. And it was, it was helpful throughout those bad and good times to like seek 
seek those those words of inspiration to kind of and and now I, you don't see them while you're while you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Like you have no idea. Like everything that has happened in my life, from even getting into grad school, was a crazy story for me. From from getting a scholarship in, in football uh, to getting my job at UFC. My job from UFC came because my client, while I worked at Nordstrom. Uh, I was I was just his personal stylist, and after a year of knowing him, I said, "Hey, what do you do?" And he was like, "Oh, I work for the UFC." I'm like, "Oh, weird. I'm I'm just getting ready to graduate um, from sports management. I would love an internship." I go to the internship for my interview for UFC, and he's like, "I know you from somewhere." I'm like, "Yeah, Nordstrom." He's like, "No, I was a guest speaker in your class at UNLV, and I remember you." Yep. Stuff like that, like, has always guided my life. I get a random call from the biggest sports and entertainment agency in the world, you know, and, and like, I take no credit for that. I'm extremely blessed and grateful for all of that. But I also feel that, you know, a, a lot of mindset and, and belief or faith are, are, were working in the background, whether subconsciously or I spoke it into existence without even believing it. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be this. And, you know, I, I just didn't really necessarily believe it at the time, but it ended up working out. That's amazing. Let's get, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the health scare you, la- you went through. Um, and, and I know we're, we've talked a lot about overcoming adverse adversity and like using, um, you know, the, the, the power of, I, I like to think of it as like the power of attraction to, um, bring these things into your life. But when you are told at 28 years old that you have a, uh, have genetic heart disease and you have been, you were a division one football player, you were in shape, you were living your life, you're doing all the things that a young man is supposed to be doing. And then they tell you this. I mean, what, what goes through your head at that moment? Uh, what, what initially went through my head was, uh, Obviously, that that in, in, internal question of like why, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. like again, speaking on on more, more of the faith side, I would always question like, shoot, like I I had four surgeries in college and and shut that dream down. <laughs> like I, I went, you know, and now through getting, um, I was at a at the dentist. My dentist caught this. I was gonna get my wisdom teeth taken out. They were going to put me under. The doctor came in, or the dentist came in and saw my EKG and said, hey, it looks like you're having a heart attack. I can't put you under. You need to go see a cardiologist. And I'm just like, and I try to like stay positive in that moment. I'm like, you're joking, right? Like, and he's like, no, like, I'm not going to let you die on my table. So I, I went out and it's like okay, my girlfriend was out um, in the hallway. I'm like, well, he wrote me a letter, and we need to go see a cardiologist. And yeah, that internal question of of just why, and that's when it it starts where you can kind of spiral down, you know, or or, or take an alternative path. And I just it, it was really. Um, it was just weird. Like I, I just didn't understand it. Like 
I felt like my career was taking off at UFC. I felt like, you know, I was kind of in, in, in the where I wanted to be, you know, at that time. I'm like, I'm 28. I'm, I'm making some pretty good money. I'm, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to be able to take care of my family. And then, and then boom, like, okay, you have this uh, heart disease. So now I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about just finances, you know, if I'm going to be able to afford it, everything. I'm thinking about my kids because uh, my unborn kids, you know, if I'm ever blessed to have, have kids someday because they're like, hey, if you ever plan to have kids and this is genetic, like you got to think about them playing sports, like all this stuff. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Because no one else in my family has died of heart disease or had heart disease and all of a sudden it gets detected. So I'm, I'm kind of thankful in a way because, again, on the flip side of it, you know, looking at, at, at the positive, positive spin is I, I worked out a lot and I was getting more and more into martial arts. Like I was sparring. I was doing Muay Thai. I was doing jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I was getting ready to start competing. You know, I did CrossFit, which obviously is like super cardiovascular, you know, and, um, and this just stops me. You know, so my my mindset just completely changed. Um, my my faith uh, completely changed. But all you know, I, I would say my mindset took a dip, but my faith always remained that you know I, I'll get through this. I'll 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 make it somehow, and everything will be okay. Just because I was trying to be strong for for my family. Yeah, and, and do you feel like? There's, I'm sure there's a lot of lessons to learn, and when you go through something like this, what what would you say is the is the biggest lesson that you learned in having to go through that the the surgery and then recovery and and getting back to living a normal life? Um, you know, how has your life changed? Um, my life ha- has changed from from a standpoint of, you know, don't ever feel that your plans are going to go according to plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I gained a lot of like insight and, and wisdom. Again, like I had this, everything mapped out, right? And when you have everything kind of laid out and you know your next step and what you want to do, you know, you, no one voluntarily throws in the bad shit or, mm-hmm. or the deterring stages, right? So we, we just kind of, block those out of our mind, <laughs> you know, just like, no, because I'm a, this positive person, like I'm only thinking positive and my roadmap is, has nothing but positivity in it. And you, you forget that like, no, like life isn't a perfect road map, you know? So I, I look at it in terms of, I'll always have the end goal or my dream there but i have to be more open and aware that it may not be the way that i see it mhm yeah i think that's such an important lesson for people is cuz and i know i've struggled with that in my life like you know uh, 
I, I wanted to do this and it didn't work out. I wanted to do that, do that and it didn't work out. Like I, so my dream after graduate school was I wanted to work for the Red Sox. Like I grew up a big Red Sox fan and stuff. And I, one day, um, my phone rang and it was the Red Sox and they said they invited me in for a, for an interview. And I thought, this is it. This is my destiny. This is, I'm going to get a job with them. I'm going to work my way up the corporate ladder. I'm going to be like the first female GM. I'm just going to crush it. And, and I ended up not getting the job and I was devastated. I was devastated. And I, and I thought this, that was, I was like, it felt like my destiny was ripped out of my hands. And you know what I mean? And like, and it was around that same time that I, um, like I had to move back in with my parents and I had just broken up with my, uh, with my grad school boyfriend, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like having this like quarter life crisis and I, and I was like, nothing is going right for me. But it was in that moment, it was in that, like that crisis that I went through where I really had to reevaluate, um, and really had to think about what am I putting out into the world? Why, you know, what are my expectations? of everyone else and why are my expectations of everyone else you know so so much oh my dog just busted yeah, that in kind of for a second but it wasn't a person i knew when the door opened i was like look behind you it you is know? oh my god let me kick him out of here he just busted through the door rudy yeah so well where i was going with that is um I just had to really look at my, I was like blaming the world. Like, why isn't it not, why is it not going my way? I'm a good person. I try hard, I, you know? And then, and I'm like, why me? Why me? And it wasn't, you know, and I, then I had to look inside of myself and be like, listen, I was blessed with a wonderful family. I was blessed with the brain. I was blessed with uh, some, a lot of different gifts and, and, but it was more, I had to really look and, and see um, what I was putting out into the world that I, I really wasn't in service to other people. I was in service to myself. And that was the problem. And once I kind of let go of, of the expectations of what my plan was for myself and let the universe kind of show me what my plan was, my life started to turn around and it took years to get to this point of where I'm like, you know, doing what I want to do and doing what I love, but it was an important lesson to learn. And I think, I think you kind of maybe learned a similar lesson. Oh, for sure. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's when you talk about, you know, being less in service for yourself and more in service, uh, of, of others, you're, you're exactly right. It's because, when you're in service, when you're helping someone else, your mind is is focused on that, on, on, on that, and less about, you know, what's happened in your past and what's happened in, in your future. You're more present. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite books, The, the Power of Now, um, talks about, you know, the, the strength in that. Um, uh, uh, there's a great book called The Go-Giver. Uh, that I that I really love. It's 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 a short read, but I I recommend everyone um, to do so because yeah, like when I was going through that um, that part of my life where I had you know the heart scare, I I to get away from that, I tried to just focus on helping other people, and and I was very I was finding uh, just a lot of peace in, in that, and I found out that the universe is 
still working. Like you don't have to constantly think and worry. And, and, you know, of course we're all like for the ambitious people and, and the entrepreneurial entrepreneurs out there, you know, you always want to think of like, Hey, it's me. I'm driving the ship. I'm driving the ship. But in reality, like you're, you're not, mm -hmm. you know, um, you have to like, that's where faith or trust or allowing the universe or whatever you want to call it kind of works. And, and you allow by focusing on others, you allow the, the universe to kind of really like pour in and, and do it. Because when we try to take control, all you're doing is like resisting it. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's what I, what I, what I constantly try to remind myself and I do it all the time still to this day. You know, but it's, it's, I'm trying to like let go because I'm, I'm stubborn, you know, I'm very, yeah. very controlling. I'm very like calculated in, in, in what I want to do. But if I look back on it and really be honest with myself, like everything I have today, I didn't really like, do on my own. Like I didn't apply to CAA. I didn't apply to UFC. You know what I mean? Like, and it still ended up working out. So there's like lessons, um, in that. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That is amazing. I know I, you. We were just talking. You you have to go see your your tax accountant and and get your taxes done and all that. So we'll we'll wrap it up. But um, first I want to ask: Will you come back on? Because I think we have so much more to talk about. Um, we'll we'll make you like a recurring guest or something. Honor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Cause there's still a lot of things that I I would love to share and like kind of get off my chest i feel like you have such a great platform i appreciate this because you know and, and you're so easy to talk to i'm like yes like i have someone that i can kind of just blurt out my thoughts and 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 aspirations to with no fear like i don't feel like i'm getting judged you know uh, so it's, it's it's cool i would love i would love to come back on i'm sorry i gotta go you know take care of my taxes <laughs> That. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you're a fi financial expertise. Like my, I'm, I'm terrible at that. So uh, thanks to all the listeners. Thank you, Katie, so much. Uh, let me know whenever I can come back on and yeah. we'll finish this conversation for sure. I mean, we're like for real having a heart to heart here. So I, we, we got to finish it for sure. <laughs> uh, blessing. Where can my listeners find you online? Uh your listeners can find me just pretty much on, on Instagram, like just social media. I only, I'm terrible at social media, but I try to run everything through Instagram. It's at Markel underscore Martin. Let me, I'm going to check. <laughs> yes. At Markel, M-A-R-Q-U-E-L underscore Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. That's pretty much where I share at least some parts of my life, not all of it, because I think social media is kind of crazy these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's about it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. This is, and for real, this has got to be like just part one of, of multiple parts of this, because we, we are diving deep into some good stuff here, and we got to continue it. Love going deep. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was so good to catch up with you, um, and we will have you on again. So okay. that's See ya. As always, thank you for tuning in to Get It Together with Katie Hogan. This podcast is a labor of love I currently don't make a dime off of. So if you enjoy listening to the episodes, please get on iTunes, subscribe, and give us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at GetItTogether20 or at Katie Hogan. And that's Katie with a C because I'm special.
and find us on Facebook at Get It Together with Katie Hogan. I love hearing from you, and I really appreciate your support. You are my favorite gutter pigeons. See you next time.